Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello folks and welcome back to Two True July with Harry Day. We're going to hit the current events uh, theme and talk about paper. But we're going to talk about a specific type of paper that has been all over the news all around the world like nothing else. And then I read online where in a search on all things coronavirus, the most used term by double the, the number two term used, which I don't have in front of me, the most used term in searching coronavirus around the world is toilet paper. And I thought, let's do an episode about toilet paper. We can get the history of toilet paper. We can talk a little about a little bit about modern toilet paper. We're not going to touch much on that. Um and then we'll then we'll try to unravel why toilet paper became such a huge uh additive now, how did toilet paper become so in, God, what is the word I want? I'm dying here. What is the word I want? I don't have coronavirus. Um, I don't have fever or a cough. I can hold my breath for more than 10 seconds. But what I'm getting at is somehow toilet paper has has become synonymous with coronavirus when uh, looking up news articles and stories. You know, more than the, more than the uh, countries that have coronavirus, more than the deaths that are occurring there. When we're talking about most used words and stories involving coronavirus. So I've I've gone over that three times. Maybe you've got it in your head now. Uh, toilet paper. And that's what we're going to talk about. <clears throat> Excuse me. However, first, I'm going to wet my whistle. And you may think, well, I'm drinking a certain beverage that I drink every day. But today... I'm actually drinking something different, and today I mean March 17th, 2.09 a.m. This episode is brought to you by Vita Coco, coconut water, original flavor, never from concentrate. And by drinking coconut water or eating coconut, you can reduce the use of toilet paper by fighting dysentery and diarrhea, which I do not have, and not because I'm drinking coconut water. And and the funny thing is that 
diarrhea is not, it is funny, but it is not a symptom of the coronavirus or any other flu. But we'll get into the whole, uh, the whole zany, crazy, um, panic buying of toilet paper after we do the history. So, the history of toilet paper. Let's describe what toilet paper is. Toilet paper is a tissue paper which is primarily used to clean the anus and surrounding area of fecal matter after defecation and to clean the perennial area of urine after urination or other bodily fluid releases. That is a direct quote from Wikipedia. So, the earliest mention of toilet paper wasn't called toilet paper, but it that's what it was. It was used for cleaning your anus after fecal matter left the body. <laughs> after you uh, moved your bowels, after you vacated your bowels. But the earliest uh, mention of toilet paper was in the 6th century in China. There was a scholar who was writing in 589 A.D., about toilet paper being used. Let's see. He was quoted as saying, paper on which there are quotations or commentaries from the five classics or the names of sages, I dare not use for toilet purposes. So it is. it translates to toilet, even in the year 589. And and paper was being made before Christ, you know, way before. It was known in China, where most of our early history comes from, as wrapping and padding material, you know, from the 2nd century B.C. forward. And then we jump ahead a few centuries to the year 851 in China, an Arab traveler Quotes wrote, they do not wash themselves with water when they have done their necessities, but they only wipe themselves with paper. So, whoever came across deciding to use paper than than the than the uh, um, standard, typical water or leaves. You know, you had to make paper first anyway. Well, let's jump way ahead to the 14th century. And it was recorded in one province of China by the 1300s that 10 million packages of 1,000 to 10,000 sheets of toilet paper were manufactured annually. And it was recorded in 1393 that an annual supply of 720,000 sheets of toilet paper were produced for the imperial court of Nanjing. That's just one imperial court. And often royal toilet paper was perfumed, even back in the 14th century. Now these sheets of toilet paper are not (laughs) anything like today's modern toilet paper. These sheets of 
thin soft paper were approximately two foot by three foot. And I know you're probably envisioning someone with, you know, six square feet of paper flopped over their hand like a, like a shawl, wiping their butt. No, they tore off pieces and used it as needed. Um, if you were in a royal family, they probably had someone do that for you and cut it into whatever desired shape they wanted to keep the fecal matter from their hands. Now, while China was ahead of the curve, as they have been in the early centuries of civilization, and it is ironic that toilet paper seems to have been invented in the country where someone possibly weaponized the coronavirus and then it escaped and spread. But you don't need toilet paper to fend off the coronavirus because it's a virus. There's no drug, there's no medicine for a virus. You treat the symptoms, right? Right. But elsewhere around the planet, People didn't have paper or didn't think to use paper to wipe their arse. Wealthy people elsewhere wiped with wool, lace, or hemp. And less wealthy people, a.k.a. poor people, either used their hand when defecating into water, such as lakes, ponds, or rivers, or the ocean if you're next to it. We used to do that when surfing in the ocean. Um, if you had to go and the waves were good and you didn't want to go in, you just got off your board down in the water and dropped your drawers or your wetsuit and let it float away or cloud away, depending on your uh, bowels temperament. But the poorer people back in the early centuries AD, clean themselves with various materials like rags, wood shavings, leaves, grass, hay, stones, sand, moss, water, snow, ferns, plant husks, fruit skins, seashells, or corn cobs, depending on their location in the world. And think of the things I didn't mention, the bizarre things they may have used. Um, animal skins was another one that that I saw. And there's a joke about a bear and a rabbit, but I, I never understood the jacket. The, the, jacket. <clears throat> the joke. So we're going to jump to ancient Rome because they had a mode of wipage in their civilization as civilized as they could be or wanted to be. You know, they had vomitoriums. They had places for, you know, orgies and wine drinking. They had slave markets. They had uh, common good and food markets. And they also had um, common bathrooms. And there were stone, stone risers with holes cut in them or, or, or laid where the stone was laid. There was a hole and you could sit on it like a seat 
And it was, it was much like an open porta potty, except there was no plastic. And what they did was they took a stick, just a common stick, and attached to the end of it a sea sponge out of the Mediterranean. And they kept these buckets, these wooden buckets, in in these uh, common we're at restrooms and in the buckets was water and salt or water and vinegar mixture and they just left the stick with the <laughs> with with the sponge in there and so they take it out and tap it off and and after they did their business wipe and you would think it would sting if there was salt or have a uh heating or cooling sensation if there was vinegar but what also took place was it became a breeding ground for bacteria and sickness. Because if it was just salt water and reused sponges, it, you know, what good can come from that? Not much. Um, we also have here an ancient Jewish practice from, uh, wherever they lived in those days. I would, I would imagine where Israel is, but it could have been uh, higher or lower on that coast. They, and this makes no sense, they used small pebbles to wipe their arse. And they carried these small pebbles in a special bag. And I don't know if there's a term or a terminology that carried into a... Uh, current times, you know, about one's marbles or one's rocks or, you know, dirty pebbles. I, I, I can't think of any, but it just seems like wiping with small pebbles and saving them in a bag. How, how does that work? If someone figures that out, contact me, harrymday.com, go to the contact page and let me know. <laughs> if you can clean yourself with small pebbles. So we're going to jump forward. We're moving quick now. To the 18th century. When there were newspapers. And books. And, you know, publications of print that were widespread in Europe and in America. And I would think it would it would predate the 18th century, you know, the 1700s, where people used newspaper pieces and book pages for wiping. And I think there was a story where a man kept a... Uh, a well-known, popular uh, novel. And he would go to the bathroom and read a few pages and then use, the, use those pages to wipe and then take his book back to the house. And he'd read the pages, and so they just dropped down to wherever he left them, and then it just turned into soil like everything else back in the days before plastic and uh, aluminum cans. Um... 
So we're going to jump to today. And it, oh, we've learned, I learned that even today around parts of the world that aren't as modern, very likely third world, toilet paper is not available or it is unaffordable. And so it is not used. And then there are cultures that consider using water as a much cleaner and more sanitary practice. You know, the French have the bidet. Um, other cultures use water from buckets or, or from flowing water or ponds or rivers. Um, the cleansing is performed with water, such as a bidet or a lota, or a rag, or a sand, or leaves, including seaweed, or corn cobs, or animal fur, or sticks, or hands. This is places that don't have uh, toilet paper. And afterwards, the hands were usually washed with water and possibly soap, if they had soap. Isn't there a culture where they wipe with their left hand, and so you never try to shake their left hand because they look at it as an as an affront to them and their culture is that in india or somewhere in the uh middle east get back to me on that now we're going to jump across the pond as they call it to the united states and we're going to talk about modern toilet paper and the inventor of what we know as modern toilet paper is widely credited to a man named joseph Gaiety, G-A-Y-E-T-T-Y, Gaiety. You can make your own jokes over that. This was in 1857. He first introduced it. And he made this, and it was available into the late 1920s, and it was known as Gaiety's Medicated Paper, and it was sold in packages of flat sheets, and they were watermarked with the inventor's name on them. And it would either say, uh, it would probably say Gaiety's Medicated Paper and a watermark. And so when you wiped your butt, you felt gaiety on your anus. <laughs> that was unplanned, but also apropos. Let's hit some quick facts about toilet paper. The modern toilet paper has been made in such a fashion to advance decomposition in septic tanks or in drainage or however your toilet paper leaves your house or your deer camp or your anus. And this type of paper, our modern day toilet paper, is made with shorter fibers than facial tissue or writing paper. And so when it breaks down, the longer fibers hold longer, such as paper. Facial tissue is a little less in length of the fiber composing the paper. The shortest is toilet paper, it breaks down, keeping you from clogging your uh, lines out of your house, your sewer lines. This is a ridiculous fact. In the United States, toilet paper has been the primary tool in a prank known as TPing or toilet papering. 
Who the hell calls it toilet papering? It has to be a Yankee thing up north. Or maybe northwest, midwest. It's called rolling. You you go roll someone's yard. You go roll someone's car. It's rolling. It's not TPing. It's not toilet papering. But that's what they have here. So whoever wrote this was probably from Massachusetts. Or upper st- upstate New York. Maybe Wisconsin. But TPing or toilet papering is often favored by adolescents. And this is the act of throwing rolls of toilet paper over cars, trees, houses, or gardens, it says, causing the toilet paper to unfurl and cover the property, creating an inconvenient mess. And often a beautiful, blowing, scenic Sunday morning of someone's yard that is usually uh, disliked or liked so much and adored so much that they did it. it you know, it's a two, it's a two-way thing. You know, they someone is so adored they TP their yard because you know it's 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 the elementary way of hurting the one you love. You know, you pinch someone's cheek because you think they're cute. I've heard. All right, next fact three. A single tree produces, and this is this is for, from trees that are grown to produce toilet paper because there are tree farms all across the South, all across the Eastern United States, and they're mostly pine. Um, one tree produces about 200 rolls of toilet paper. That's about 100 pounds. One tree, wait, one tree produces 200 rolls of toilet paper and about 83 million rolls of toilet paper are produced every day. The global toilet paper production consumes 27,000 trees daily. Well, don't fret that the world's detreeing. There's trees everywhere. When I was in college in the 1980s and early 90s, driving up to Mississippi State from here, I knew every dairy field and crop field from the routes I took to and from my hometown and college. And today, I would say easily half of those fields are pine tree farms or pine tree plantations. And these pine trees aren't little trees. They're 50 feet tall and larger because it's been 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, it sneaks up on you. This time thing. So don't worry. Trees are being grown all the time. There's probably more trees now than there were 100 years ago or 160 years ago. But let's not go further back because there were more trees back then. Now, more than 7 billion rolls of toilet paper are sold yearly in the United States alone. American News... Americans use an average of 23.6 rolls per year. The average American uses 50 pounds of tissue paper per year, which is 50% more than the average of other Western countries or Japan, which is equivalent. The higher use in the United States may be explained by the fact that other countries use bidets or spray hoses to clean themselves, unquote. (laughs) 
<laughs> I left that part in. This is also another fantastic Wikipediaism, like toilet papering, that people use spray hoses to clean themselves. Now, if I'm working outside in the summer and it's hot, and I'm in my shop and I get filthy dirty, or I'm working in my garden and I get filthy dirty, or I'm doing food plots and I get filthy dirty. Um, if I've sweated a lot too, I'll take off my shoes, take my wallet and my phone out of my pocket, probably take off my pants and I'll get the hose and I'll hose myself down. What you won't see me doing, and I've done it in the nude here in the country, because on one side of my house, there's nothing but trees. In fact, there's a pine plantation back behind my house. Beyond the backyard, the uh, pit smoker, the food plot where I have deer food grown in the winter and I do a big pea patch in the summer. Beyond that is an 80-something acre pine plantation. And so... You probably still won't catch me pooing out in my yard and then taking the spray hose and turning it straight up and spritzing with great power my undercarriage. And you know, an interesting thing, when this house was being built in 2015, my builder, great guy, he had a... uh Latino crew framing the house and they were amazing. I mean amazing. They didn't use scaffolding. They took spare wood from the frame or wood they hadn't used yet in the framing and built their own scaffolds that were nailed or screwed to the structure. And that's and this is a two-story house and it goes up pretty steep at the peak, the upper peak of the uh, roof. And they're just walking around on these boards with little foot, with little two by four, one foot boards, nail shot along those like ladder steps all around this house. And I used to come out here and watch them and it was just amazing. And I was, you know, I didn't cut a lot of corners building this house because I wanted it to be a good house, a lasting house, you know, top, uh, top insulation, insulation all the way up the walls, um, top quality shingles, things like that. Um, but my builder did not get them or any of the people he contracted in here to build this house, a porta potty. And I'm, we're out in the country and they didn't go to Greg's and use his toilet. You can hardly see his house from here in the summer. And it's right there. So where did the people that had to go before there were bathrooms in this house go? Well, there's just trees and brush and bramble everywhere out back before I kind of cleaned up the place. And I would, you know, I'd come up here and, and be doing a food plot and I'd go down this, this short, the short tree tree line. And I'd find all the little spots of toilet paper or napkins or magazine paper or newspaper where they had gone to the bathroom. And it was all over the place. And it took probably a year's worth of rain to make all that all all that evidence disappear. You know, not not the poo. 
because that got eaten by animals and washed away. But the paper, because I'm not going to pick that up. Are you going to pick that up? Of course you're not. Um, they, you know what? These these Latinos also they they had a cooking station in what is now the master bedroom. They had a board nailed up in the doorway where the closet was going to be, and they had a hot plate on it. And they would bring their own food and Tupperware and they heat it up on the hot plate and put it in tortillas and eat it for their lunch midday. And then they had cardboard from whatever was unloaded in the house that came here in big sheets of huge sheets of cardboard. They take cardboard out in the little tree islands in my backyard and off to the south a little bit. They had that laid out and they would go take a little short siesta after lunch in the shade and around their little cardboard spots, there was three or four of them, were, you know, Coke cans and uh, drink bottles, Gatorade bottles, wrappers and stuff. And all that stuff got cleaned up at the very end of the building process. But <laughs> it, it was an eye-opener. I mean, I've, did, I've done 30 days in Mexico straight and saw, and, and if you listen to the earlier... Uh, six or seven part episode of traveling and surfing to Mexico. It was uh, third world with a capital third. Um, they brought a touch of it here. And so, I don't know, they even had toilet paper, to tell you the truth. But we're going to now go into what was known as the craze, the panic buying the confounding phenomenon of stores selling out of toilet paper when the coronavirus started hitting the news. And what I first gleaned away from that was that some national or international news station or or news channel, whatever, ran a story where there were empty shelves and there was only a few of them that they touched on, and one of them was toilet paper. And that's, I think, personally, that started the ripple effect around the world. And it happened in Europe, it happened in Australia, and it happened in the United States, or North America, where toilet paper started selling out. I'm talking, there's pictures, you can see pictures if you, you have to see them online where people have grocery carts full of toilet paper. They are victims of this mad rush to buy toilet paper. Well, then I read a story just today, and it's out of Australia, that made a lot of sense. And this was from a, uh, I don't know if it was from a scientist or a psychologist. This was from a psychologist who did some research on all this. And what he found was that toilet paper is bulky in packaging. Kind of like, you know, a bottle of water is the same way. You know, you got a big 24 case of water. You got a big you know, mega pack of toilet paper, you can only put so many of those on the grocery shelves. Now, compare that to canned food or baby food or or compare that to condiments. 
and and yogurt or things like that you know you can put a lot of small packaging in a, a space whereas in that same space you can only put so much case of water or giant pack of toilet paper and so people go to the stores and they're stocking up because they think okay we need to we need to self quarantine or we need to social uh social misdirect whatever this thing is where you're supposed to uh kind of kick back and isolate. I can't think of the term right now. Um, it's not social distraction. That's what I'm doing now. I'm distracting you from going out in society and actually doing and learning something. Um, anyway, he did some interviews. He, he did some number crunching and he found that it's easy to sell out a toilet paper because you can only put so much on the shelves before it's restocked. And there's more coming in. There's always more coming in. Same with water. It may take a day or two at, at most. And these companies that make it and sell it are banking right now. But the whole thing about toilet paper not being a necessity to the coronavirus is kind of the strange part. And I had another, you know, in this panic buying, and I had another story of why people were buying it. And they went into excellent detail. And unfortunately, it comes from a news source that I don't watch. But they came up with five reasons why people went on these sprees of buying toilet paper and hand sanitizer and water. I don't get the whole buying water part. Why don't people drink tap water anymore? I mean, you pay for it. Your taxes pay for it, and you're, you have to pay for it on a bill. To have clean, potable, a.k.a. drinkable water coming out of the taps in your house. I have a filter on my kitchen sink, which I can get filtered, pure drinking water all day and all night if I want. Have the same thing going into my ice machine in my refrigerator. I have filtered water. Still, people buy bottled water, which is, they're making so much money selling bottled water because a lot of it's just the same quality as tap water, basically. Some of it's not, a lot of it is. But there, there are several reasons that a lot of so-called specialist figured why these coronavirus fearful people are buying up all the toilet paper. Even Even when it's not an item that can help you in any way with coronavirus. And then that knowledge gets out that it's not, and yet still people are buying it. Because they see other people buying it. Anyway, reason one, people resort to extremes when they hear conflicting messages. And this first reason is is, is a little shaky. Conflicting messages like it's not going to be a big deal. It is going to be a big deal. It's going to pass away fast. It's not going to pass away fast. You know, that, that leaves uncertainty. That leads to people wanting to do some preparation, right? Hold on, we need some coconut water.
And maybe later I can wipe my butt with the uh, package. Reason two, many people are reacting to the lack of a clear direction from officials. It's been very clear. Again, this is from a news source that I do not watch because it has been proven to be inaccurate over and over and over. In fact, most television news is, unless you watch OAN or Newsmax, and those are the new news sources on cable TV. Fox is okay. They're very sensational, though. Sensationalization of stories. They can create a panic as good as CN- as MSNBC or CNN. <clears throat> They're just on opposite ends of the spectrum. So, there's plenty of clear direction on what to do. And toilet paper was not part of it. So, that was just ridiculous. Okay, reason three. Panic buying begets panic buying. So people see panic buying and they panic and they go out and buy it too because they think they're not going to be able to get it. And um, I went into a store here in Canton, uh, Dollar General Market. It's like a little supermarket and fridge rolled into one. Dollar General Market. And uh, we were out of toilet paper. And so they had lots of toilet paper. So I bought three packs of toilet paper, not mega packs, just three packs. And I got back in the truck and my daughter was like, oh, look at you. You're buying toilet paper and you're telling everybody, you're talking all about how people are buying toilet paper and they're crazy. I'm like, Summer, we don't have any toilet paper at home. Do you have something else you can wipe your butt with? Perhaps an animal fur? Perhaps a corn cob? We got a lot of leaves, grass. She's like, oh, no. I was like, well, we need toilet paper. And that's why I bought it. All right, reason four, it's natural to want to over-prepare, a.k.a. mass buy. And so people knowing they're going to be staying home buy enough to last (laughs) six months, some of these nuts. But that's how it is. And then reason five is is one that I guess it's just not something I deal with or worry about or have to do. Golly, it's almost 3 a.m. Reason five is it allows some people to feel a sense of control. There's a lot of anxiety and anxiousness and fear in the unknown and this is a novel virus and people don't know what to expect of it and they don't know what's going to happen they don't know what they're going to do and so to feel like they're in control they just see I don't get it I just don't get it how does buying toilet paper make you feel like you're in control you can poop if you want to save what toilet paper you got you can poop use Use a couple of sheets folded over for the first wipe and then get in the shower and use soap and wash off. It's simple. Go to Mexico for 30 days. You will poop everywhere but on a toilet. I want to read some quotes off this before I sign out of this uh, shitty episode. The people who are stocking up on supplies are thinking about themselves and their family and what they need to do to prepare. 
not healthcare workers, sick people, or even regular folks who might run out of toilet paper sometime soon, just everyday people. It's all due to this wave of anticipatory anxiety. People become anxious and they go out and they, go, they, they haven't thought about the bigger picture, like what are the consequences of stockpiling toilet paper? Uh, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm William S. Burroughs reading clips of phrases and sentences that have been rearranged and put back in order blindly and then you start reading through it. I mean social distancing is what I was thinking of earlier. And I'm practicing it. I mean absolutely. Um I'm healthy, I'm middle aged. Uh, they say if you got a healthy immune system and you get the coronavirus, it's like having a common cold. Um, they say that uh, children and teens and 20-somethings uh, almost show no signs of symptoms of the coronavirus. And no one under 50 has died from this virus. It's a virus that preys on the uh, immune weak and the elderly and people with heart disease and lung disease. And it's tragic and, and it's going on right now around the planet and it has been going on for over a month and yet it still has not come anywhere near eclipsing the yearly flu or influenza that comes through. I had the flu in 2018 during the Winter Olympics and I was in bed for nine days, and it was god-awful. But luckily, the Olympics were on, and I probably watched more Olympics than anyone watching the Olympics during that time, because it was kind of hard to sleep. Uh, I was on a lot of different medicines just to fight the symptoms. I was, I'd was i sweat all night, wake up and, and sweat from heel to head. And so whatever energy I had, I'd roll the other side of the bed, get someone to bring me some Gatorade or coconut oil, coconut oil, I wish, coconut water. And uh, I'd start hydrating and uh, I'd get cold. And I was cold to normal all day. Eat what I could. It was something. And then, what was it, a year before that, I, bro I broke my leg and I was in bed. Being bedridden is, is is not as awesome as you think. But I've gone over 40 minutes now. And it's almost 3 a.m. in the a.m. And I've still got a piece together this... Uh, Al Jazeera. i got a piece together this... Uh, intro and outro on my anchor platform and then upload this baby to the public and let y'all enjoy it. Um I haven't picked up any new listeners in any uh countries out there. Um y'all are lagging on me. But maybe you're just uh well actually this should be a time to sit at home and listen to these damn things. Anyway uh Stay six feet away from everybody. Don't go into crowds. Don't go buy up all the toilet paper. You just need one mega pack. 
That's it. Um, get some wet wipes, some flushables. That's the way to go. And people probably aren't buying that stuff up. They look at those and, and get embarrassed to have those even on their toilets. I've got some on my toilets. I learned that from my friend Brian Seal. He keeps them on his toilets. It is the way to go. You want a shiny, clean anus? Of course you do. This is Harry Day with Too True to Lie. E-C-A-E-P. Peace! By the rivers of Babylon Where he sat Sinking out for song in a string.